Oh, hi, everybody. <laughs> it's the hey, Ingoluchador Podcast, episode three. You're my best friend. <laughs> Today joining me, as usual, Mr. Trevor Oz. That's the truth. It will set you free. Mm, true. Very true. Mr. Jovan Street Lawrence. Lies will set you free, too. Uh prepare for the reason why I'm really fucking happy and excited right now. One of my top three most anticipated games of the year, which will come up later in the episode, foreshadowing, Mr. Teddy Lee from Cellar Door Games, creator of Rogue Legacy. Hello. And Mr. Still cannot say the guy's name yet, call him friend now, Nick. Nick Herbosa. Better betcha. Better betcha. God damn it. Fuck. Shit. See? That wasn't close. Ha. I, I'll beat Nick. I, I made it so I could roll the R that time, though. <laughs> never. You'll never be able to do it. <sighs> Shit. Well, I agree. <laughs> nonetheless, he's working on Concern Joe, Indie Static's favorite game of the year and favorite interview of the year. It has good art. It has great <laughs> art. And. They have great mustaches over there. Yeah. Hey, don't yeah. back the stash. Mm-hmm. So, nonetheless... Hi, guys! Holy shit! Hello. Hey. Hello. Now, see, one of the things that we really want to talk about here tonight... I think that first we'll talk about what we're currently playing... And then we'll hop into our most anticipated games of the year... Of the year when it comes to indie games. So, uh... Actually, I think since Teddy and Nick are actually currently, like, pulling themselves away from making their games right now, we'll get to them first as to what, they're pl- what they've been playing. So, uh, Teddy, what have you been playing? Um, I haven't been playing much. I tried out Lab Milana for, like, an hour, and I play a few games of ARAM and League of Legends when I get the chance. Oh, no. You're a, you're a League yeah. of Legends player. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Ooh, yes. But don't be sorry, so am I. But, you know, Eric loves me too much to uh, curse me. Yeah, true, I guess. <laughs> these, these, these things do happen from time to time. So which one of those did you currently enjoy the most, though? <clears throat> oh, uh, I guess League. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm playing Lime Alone right, but I keep getting stuck and then dying. So, yeah, you're playing like it right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the sad thing is, that's how you know you're playing it right, is if you're getting stuck. It's it's uh-huh. a really fucking hard game. Holy shit. And, uh, is it hard or is it just, like, obscure? I feel like it's obscure right now. It's I, I believe know. it's either a Chinese or Japanese game. So I think that they kind of just use their traditional, like, old-school style. So I think that it's just really fucking hard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. I'll give it go. Yeah. In fact, you can't even actually get a review copy from them, because for some reason the link breaks whenever it, uh, whenever uh, press tries to get to it. Nice. Kind of sucks. But still, pretty cool fucking game. Nick, what are you playing currently? Me. I have been playing um, Bioshock Infinite. Hmm? I was I was trying it out. It it counts, right? Even though it's not an indie game. No, yeah, you, you, it's anything that you've been playing. 
Right, so yeah, I'm trying uh, Bioshock Infinite, and I'm. Everybody says it's awesome and it's the new best game and all that, and I don't see it as such an awesome game. I'm with you. I mean, I don't know about, I don't know about others, but I know it's not so amazing for me. I agree with you too. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, Bioshock and uh, some Dota. Mm. Oh. Dota. <laughs> oh, the League of Legends player. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're having developers make friends with each other. It's great. <laughs> I, I think we're starting rivalries actually. I but this, no, I was gonna say when it comes to indie developers and rivalries, they're non-existent. So you guys would actually be the first. You guys would be like Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. We are breaking the ground here. Yes. Minus the bloodshed. <laughs> <laughs> so now now we'll hop over to. Uh, Mr. Sleepy Face, Jovan. Please don't call me that. <laughs> I, I almost called you. I think it's a great nickname. I almost called you Sleepy Tits, so I don't know. Well, I've been doing my pre-tournament training, as as per usual. East Coast Throwdown Five is coming up this weekend, in New Jersey. So I've just been playing Justice and Persona Four Arena, training up for that event. Oh man, I'm actually kind of excited to see how you do. Hmm. Videos, you need to have videos of yourself playing. Tell them to get close-ups. <laughs> get, get right in there on the fingers. Yeah. Trevor, motherfucking Oz, has been playing hey, so funny. many fucking indie games that his like, mind I, has been boggled. Like, I'm the real indie luchador here. Oh, okay. yeah, because I haven't playing, been playing a shit ton of them. Go on. Nah. Tell me more. <laughs> oh, wait, there's more. Um, probably, I, I talked about a lot of stuff on the on the GGN podcast, so I'll pretty much just Nobody showcase uh, Anomaly 2, which I've been playing a lot of, uh, which my review will go up tomorrow, about the same time that you'll probably hear this anyway. Mm. Um, but it's it's a tower defense game um, coming out of Steam uh, by 11-Bit Studios. It's really fucking fun. You've it's, played too much. I've <laughs> played I've played like 12 hours of the game. It's really good. It's just too much. Um, but I mean the game is super easy to learn, but it's also really challenging too, because it's definitely hard. I actually had to throw the difficulty down so I could actually beat the game. So it's pretty tough game, but they do a good job of making sure each of the levels in the campaign change as you go through the game, so they're different experiences, um, and then they uh, also uh, give new units new enemies throughout the whole thing, so it, it always feels different with each mission you play. Now this is the follow-up to the game that is currently free to play on Steam for the next couple of days, right? Or it maybe just yeah. ended? Yeah, it may have just ended, but yeah. Yeah, it is. God damn it. Kind of excited to see what you think about that, considering I know how much you've been playing it, so... I I mean, I, I really like it. The, the multiplayer is weird, because it's, uh, it's basically one person is the the towers, and one person, you know, is killing the towers. It's, it's kind of weird to play. Um, I don't really know how to, how to put it yet. I'm actually working on the review currently. It's a mess like Nicki Minaj. Yeah, it's kind of a mess. The multiplayer's fun, but it's... I don't know. I don't know what I think about it. Mm. Yeah. Weird. Somebody said, oh god, as soon as I mentioned Nicki Minaj. 
Hmm, I wonder who. I, I think it was you. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I didn't know how you felt about her. I wasn't positive. What a weird analogy. She's got a freaking big fake ass. Nicki Minaj in indie games, the next big thing. Oh, yes. oh man. Annoying rap music. It'll be great. It'll be like, no, 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 no. Fucking fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what Rogue Legacy is missing. Some Nicki Minaj soundtrack. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> not bad. That would, be, that would be interesting. For the character I, with the gay trait, that would be awesome. That yeah, would be awesome. I'll add it in. Hmm. You know, you won't get sued for that. <laughs> yeah, totally not. <laughs> well, I guess I will talk about what I've been playing. Uh, I failed to mention it purposely on Galactic Gaming News' podcast because who 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 are they? I don't I don't know them. Uh, I played a lot of fucking Costume Quest, and I hate RPGs. And Costume Quest is really amazing. Yeah. That's double fine, isn't it? Yes, sir. Double Everything fine. they make is amazing, so hey. It's it's like five or six hours long, but it's really cool. It's it's a bit different, and it kind of reminds me of uh, that South Park episode where they transform into uh, ninjas, basically. Good times with weapons. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. So I really dug that. Um, I know this may sound really shocking. I've officially, uh, even though I haven't actually put all the time into it that it says, I've hit a thousand hours in the Binding of Isaac. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Congrats. Oh, thank you. I, I still have a fat guy on the front when I start the game that says stop playing. So <laughs> it's, it's a pretty amazing accomplishment. I think you get that at 500 hours. So that kind of nullifies the Golden God Award that you get on the front and all that kind of stuff. But whatever. I had yeah. no idea. Yep. <laughs> Pretty special, the things that you learn about. Um, also, <laughs> prepare everybody. Another shocking revelation. I'm still playing Rogue Legacy. Just the fucking press demo of it. How? <laughs> <laughs> what level are you? I don't want to say. <laughs> I, I, we need to know. <clears throat> For our sanity. 230. <laughs> oh. Um, I, what was the highest level you had heard before you met me, Teddy? Uh, 70. Yeah. <laughs> so. How many times do you have to go through well, the castle to go up one level? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I think probably one. <laughs> I, don't, I never paid attention to it. In fact, I didn't even know the levels even do anything. So. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of interesting. The sad thing is, I put so much time into this demo, and I've become friendly with you to the fact to the point where I'm actually not going to be the one reviewing your game, just because that wouldn't look good upon me. So somebody else is going to end up having to review that for the site. But oh, buddy, I fucking love that game. Uh, unfortunately, still can't play Concerned Joe because my computer doesn't like it. I, I think we got that fixed. Oh, we we shall see. I I'll send you another bill. I think we got that fixed. Well, I'll I'll love you long time. Mm-hmm. Long uh, time. <laughs> long time. Oh, also, I want to mention the fact that it's almost five o'clock in the morning for Nick right now, and the dude still yeah. came and did this, so it's pretty fucking cool. So it's okay. I fell asleep midway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm pretty fucking stoked. But uh, 
Huh? Sleepest of the week. Basically. Um, so, yeah, that's that's all that I've really been playing. Uh, prepare to hear more about Concern Joe soon. Uh, I will have an article up on Rogue Legacy. Possibly, by the time you hear this podcast, I'm going to be talking very in-depth about that. Uh, there has actually been one game I've been, I've been playing, one more game that I've been playing. I totally forgot to mention until now. Yeah, and, and, and I think that that's what the, actually going to go right into the next topic, so go ahead. Actually, two games then, because I, I kind of know what you're going to talk about. There's, there's something else. Okay. Star Sea Pilgrim. Ah. Star Sea Pilgrim. Oh, how great of a game that game is. I don't, I don't get it. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's great. I really do. And like, <clears throat> it's just, it's just really, it's all about management for the most part. It's like, I guess, like, I don't know, I, I find really, I find a lot of joy out of playing it. It's just something that's really, surprisingly, a big thing. Mm. Like, I don't, I personally don't find, like, what people find to be a big I don't. This is one of the few games that I have gone and played for hours so I, I really, really enjoyed it. it. It isn't for everyone, though. Like like you said, it's not for everyone. Not everyone's going to get it, at least not right away, I don't think. But it's, it's only 6 bucks on Steam, and it's still a very good buy. It'll, if you like it, then you're going to be liking it for a very long time. I look at it, and it hurts my head. <laughs> I just don't get it. Like... You've also got to understand the games I've been playing lately have just been right up my alley. Like, everything that I've been playing recently and everybody I've been talking to recently, everybody's doing something to the way that I got so tired of AAA games and decided I was only going to cover indies. Everybody I've been meeting and talking to is making that exact kind of game that I've been longing for. It, like, the only people I haven't talked to that have another game that I want to make, or I want to play, is uh, Fist Puncher. So, that's, like, the only thing that's missing. Like, uh, Rogue Legacy is hitting that exact Metroidvania style I want. Uh, Concerned Joe, and I'm not trying to, like, mention your guys' games because of the fact that this is you guys on here. It's just <laughs> actually... I want to talk he about just like gets five cents every time he actually meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is actually very true. Even when we're not recording, I talk about these games all the time because they're hitting that spot that I've been waiting for somebody to hit properly. Concern Joe is telling a story in the way that I've wanted somebody to tell the story. Like, I like the way that Bastion has the narrator, but it wasn't funny. It was just a really fucking great way to tell a story. And I'm into humor and comedy, and Concern Joe has one of the funniest narration styles that, unlike what Indie Static <laughs> says, it's not actually a narration style. Good job, Indie Static, once again. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, about, about Bastion, it's not only about it not being funny. It wasn't really interactive with Bastion. It only said what you were doing, but you couldn't make the narrator say something like based on what you did, like reacting to what he says. So yeah, you you'll be able to do that, Joe, which is something new. That, that, yeah, like prepare for me to want to repeat indie static. The way that his facial animations move when he's being talked to, it's just hilarious. 
And the fact that you guys almost didn't put that in, it, it yeah. shocked me. I was like, why? Why would you do that? It, it just, it's so perfect the way that Joe reacts. And when Joe becomes Meat Boy, it's pretty funny. <laughs> but, like, yeah, and, then, have more and then, like, my other most anticipated game is Mugenics. Just because I don't like Pokemon, but yet Ed is making the Pokemon game that everybody would actually want to play, basically. As long as it's, or as well as it also being this weird cat simulator. It's kind of funny, and it's something that I can sit down with my other half and she'll enjoy it also. And with your cat. And what? And with your cat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <coughs> so I'll be able to, like... Yeah, that my... actually gets his other half. <laughs> well, you know. So, nonetheless, I mean, it's, it's really fucking cool that these are the games that are coming up, but there was also one that uh, Joystick did a story on, and it immediately caught my eye. And also, I had to post it in the staff page, and Jovan ended up seeing it and playing it, and he fucking loved it also, and it's called Jack the Reaper. And the, I, I don't know how to explain that fucking game. It's it's really hard Kirby with a yeah. Reaper. Yep. I, I don't know how else to explain it other than that. So, like, that's another one of those games where I want to talk to the developer <laughs> to be like, how did you decide that Kirby was kind of boring and then make something really good out of it? Uh, I mean, it's not necessarily boring as much as it is, like, outrageously easy. Like, I, I can't think of a Kirby game that wasn't, like, at least challenging. I mean, Crystal Shards for the 64, maybe, but... Yeah, but that wasn't, yeah. Even, that wasn't even that hard. No. And, th- and that's, like, the really shitty thing. Like, if a game's overly easy for me, I don't like it. That's why some of the information that Teddy was telling me earlier about Rogue Legacy fucking... Uh, sorry, Teddy. You might want to cover your ears on this one. It got me kind of hard. <laughs> I, I thought I died and I was stricken with rigor mortis. I'm really fucking excited by the this whole thing with Rogue Legacy originally being called uh what was it Dark Souls uh, 2D? Oh uh, yeah, yes 2D. Yeah. Or Dark. So like that's what really fucking excites me. And then like what he just told me that I I can't go public with just I'm way more excited about this. So it's just I don't know and, and like everybody's hitting that that thing for me right now where it's like I need that really challenging game that's also really fun to play and that's like the only thing that's going on with indies other than Dark Souls so like these are my most anticipated games for that reason you know yeah silent treatment good job no you know <laughs> I, I want to know the, the thing that really interests me is hearing a game developer's perspective. So, either Teddy or Nick, I want to hear what you guys are anticipating most this year. Hmm. For indies. Ted. Uh, 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 sure. Well, I guess the, the game that I'm looking forward to is, uh, is The Witness hmm. by Jonathan Blow. Just because like, I'm a huge fan. Like, a huge fan of Raid. And, um, Everything that he said about the witness, the whole fact—I don't know how 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 like informed you guys are on it. I don't want to spoil anything Very. because it just 
try to keep it spoiled free, but how he said, like, there's a second mechanic to the game, which is, like, the second half, mm-hmm. and it all ties into the first, and that just, like, really piques my interest. And I just want to see how much he does with the, um, the line drawing mechanic. Because it, it feels like to me that, uh, going to become information overload. Yeah. Where you just have to, yeah, like, too much information. But I know that's not something that he's going to do, right? So he's going to tackle it or resolve it in some fashion, so. I don't know. He seems to not give a fuck how hard it is. He kind of has the attitude where it's like, figure it out, dummy. So I don't know. He might actually leave it as hard as it is without resolving that. Which is awesome. Yeah, definitely. It's awesome, but... It, it also comes down to how many people are going to bitch about that, and is he going to cave in? Yeah, well, I don't mind the hardest. I, I just don't want to, like, have to... Rem- like, that was one thing, like, I, I like Binding of Isaac, but uh, I was, like, getting to the point where I was getting what the items were, right? Yeah. Because, it, like, and I just, like, kept forgetting, kept forgetting, because I have terrible memory. And as I reached that point, we're like, oh, it's just, I'm never going to be able to get better at it. That's it. <laughs> I don't know, like, Nick Nick sounded like he had a, a different perspective on this. On? On the witness and how TV. hard it could be. Well, yeah, I, I, um, I'm really okay with hard games because, I don't know, I, I think they should stop holding your hand because it gets really annoying and we see um, hard games getting more and more popular lately, like with Dark Souls and Binding of Isaac, that's, you can consider that quite an easy game, with the whole permadeath thing becoming more popular. Um, Don't Starve comes to mind. Yeah. So yeah, in uh, in terms of um, what games I'm hyped for, uh, the same with Witness, the Witness, I'd say, and um, Double Fine's Adventure. Ah. I forgot its name. The oh, it's name Red. But- what? What? Oh, I just wanted to say, yeah, to Double Fine too. Yeah, yeah, uh, that one. And um, well, I'm not sure if it's an in-game uh, planetary annihilate and that the Kickstarter one. Uh, planetary annihilation, or what's it called? Wait, what? The um, real-time strategy with planets and all that. Oh, Sanctum? Is it Sanctum too, or something? Mm. Uh, no, no, it's, uh, it's not about Starbound? I hear, I hear researching going on. <laughs> By, uh, for entertainment. Planetary Annihilation. Ah, okay. It's, it's a really interesting take on uh, real-time strategy. <laughs> hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's my main game that I'm hyped for. Um, and yeah, more hard games is, I'm, I'm sick of the Tutorials and all the easy and casual stuff. It's I, I don't know. It's just pissing me off. I want I want to let you know, Teddy and Nick. I'm upset with both of you for not saying your own games. You guys make me feel so alone. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I the only one anticipating concerns? Oh man, I'm, I'm hyped about the uh, Rogue Lake. I I want to play it so bad. <laughs> Damn right you. Uh, and I'm hyped for Concerned Jail. <laughs> it looks really cool. I saw the alpha and I liked it a lot. I, I want you guys to know, I have shown both of your games to a publisher, and they were excited about both of them. Uh, today, they were really checking out Rogue Legacy, which interests me. Uh, so, I, I, I'm, I'm very interested that 
or I'm very entertained by the fact that I've shown both of your guys' games to a bigger publisher, and I'm hoping that they contact both of you guys. Because, goddammit, these fucking games are messing with my head and how much I'm waiting for them. Uh, it's... Have they asked about uh, microtransactions and they want DLC? Mm. I was going to, but <laughs> then I decided that you guys weren't EA. EA. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, the fact that you guys aren't EA, I, I just couldn't even ask you guys about that. Oh, oh and, and also, before we go on to the next person about most anticipated games, Teddy, for some reason, I didn't catch on to the fact that you worked on Guacamelee. And Trevor had yeah. to correct me and tell me that you did, and it made me really fucking feel bad because I was like, I thought I paid enough attention, and apparently I didn't catch that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I worked on Guac. That was the design for that was the designers. I made like a combat system, enemies, bosses, and a bunch of the levels. It, it just made me sad that I didn't realize that you worked on that. So uh, that's another thing that I need to thank you for. Oh, Good. no problem. <laughs> I know that I know that you have hard feelings and all that kind of stuff, but you did a really fucking great job. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, we didn't end off on the super best of terms. The end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to go into that. I don't want to. I don't want you to have flashbacks of Vietnam and kill me or something. <laughs> yeah, all the all the firebombs. <laughs> Alright, so, Jovan, Trevor, which one of you guys wants to go first and talk about your most anticipated game this year? Or game? Me, 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 me. Uh, Jovan's singing, so does that mean you want to go, Trevor? <laughs> I'm going to. Okay. <laughs> um, actually, surprisingly, because I'm not, like, a huge fighting game guy, because pretty much I suck at them, um, I'm, this is one that, that I actually might not suck at, so I'm really kind of looking forward to Dive Kick. Dive Kick. Because I actually played Dive Kick at PAX East, and that game is fucking great. Mm. I am I am excited for this also. The character just got revealed yesterday for. Tell me more. Um, Markman. Um, the new character that was revealed for Dive Kick yesterday, and for those who don't know, Mark Julio is the global sponsorship and community manager for Mad Cats, and he's been with the fighting game community since about 2009 or 2010, recruiting fighting players from across the world, like Daigo Umahara and, and Tokido and Mago and other Japanese players like that, as well as American players as well. And Mark Rain was contacted by Iron Galaxy, and he's going to be in Dive Kick. <clears throat> Pretty fucking cool. Yep. All right, go ahead, Trevor. Sorry. So yeah, so so yeah, dive kick, dive kick is, is definitely up there. Um, trying to think of other big ones. I would say Call of Duty Ghosts. <laughs> yes, that that, that little indie job. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. No, not really. Not really. It's kind of odd. I mean, like you, you, those games do so badly every year. You would think they would just stop production on them. Yeah. I mean, cool. they don't. They don't a whole lot of money on them. You would almost think that like a triple A publisher would want to pick them up, but no. No, nope. Um, actually, uh, another actual indie game that I'm looking forward to, uh, Shadowrun Returns. Mm. Mm. That game looks great, and it's definitely in my wheelhouse because I love RPGs. It looks so. good. It looks like XCOM, but more tactical, and it's kind of neat. Yeah, it, it looks like it plays a lot like the classic Baldur's Gate games mm. from Bioware. 
so I'm I'm definitely looking for that game. Bioware, another indie developer. <laughs> EA. Hey man, Bioware's shit still. Even even though they bought them, so. Yeah, well, something. <laughs> Anything else? Come on, say it, Sam. Come on, you can do it. Um. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know if there's any other games that I'm really looking forward to. I mean, son of a bitch. There's a. Uh, there's that. Oh, Mugenics. That's the one you want me to say. Is, is that the one you want me to say? Teddy, Nick, I want you guys to know. I will find his address for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know Come he's on. excited as excited about those games as I am. So don't let him fool you. Just because he's more excited about Call of Duty Ghosts and more of the normal first-person shooter military bullshit. Hey, now. IndieStatic.com. He, he, did, he didn't say Battlefield 4. That's a deal breaker. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kind of forgot that existed. Yeah, so did And apparently so did EA. Mm. <laughs> well, you know. You know what? We're going to move on to Joe Bond now. You blew your fucking chance. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry that I, I'm not collecting your paycheck from, <laughs> from the Rogue Legacy and Concerned Joe teams. Yeah. I, by the way, guys, I'm gonna have to cl- I'm gonna have to collect that hundred dollars a piece on that one. But thank you. Oh. This okay. Is, this is journalism at its best. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Jovan, before people actually start to somehow believe that that's true, that I'm actually collecting money. Um, I'm look. I'm very much looking forward to Stonehearth. Um, mm. Well, not very much looking forward to it, but I am very interested in it. It's a sandbox strategy game. Uh, there's town building, there's crafting, there's turn-based battling, in it. and um, it, it's it's on Kickstarter. If if anyone's interested, Stonehearth. It's being made by the Cannon Brothers, Tom and Tony Cannon. They are. They're best known in the fighting game community as the organizers and creators of the Evolution Tournament that's been in production since 2002, but they're also indie developers. They've also made um, mobile games, and now they're taking um, their efforts to PC. They're on Steam, Greenlight, and Kickstarter, like I said, and Stonehurt looks really, really good. Um, another game that I'm looking forward to is a Metroidvania game, kind of, sort of. A chasm. <clears throat> I hear, I hear that artist does some good work on some other games too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I heard the, that too. What was I his name again, that. Teddy? I feel like you might know his name, Teddy. Uh, and yeah, the artist uh, is uh, Glauber Kotecki, and yeah, he was working on both of the games, which is like just a crazy coincidence. I I, I and 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 this is not me trying to be mean because I do like Chasm also, but. Rogue Legacy is actually the better of the two. I've played them both, and <laughs> you're mistaken. Huh? <laughs> what oh, did no. you say, Nick? I said offense taken. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that, you don't. You don't have to say anything. Like that's just it's honestly from what I have to do with my job. It, it's it is as of right now the better one. Maybe Chasm is going to turn out to be better, but. And I, I, I played it at GDC. I met the guys who made it. Pretty cool guys. Oh, I um, they seem really cool. And yeah, it, it, it does look like an interesting game. Just uh, passed its uh, Kickstarter. It just finished like, I don't know, yesterday or so. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, as any Kickstarter, it, 
it has the stretch goals, which I don't agree with. I think they're retarded. Because, mm. I don't know, asking for uh, $15,000 for achievements, or, I don't know, $20,000 for uh, what crafting, which you would think it would be a, I don't know, a base mechanic, not something you just staple or duct tape later on. Yeah. Um, you know, I never it, thought about that. Because they have, they have a list of, uh, of adding arena mode and crafting. And, well, they, the thing that pisses me off is that they market it as a roguelike game. And mm-hmm. one of their stretch goals is roguelike mode, which mm-hmm. is kind of, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I never even noticed that. That is really, really strange. Um, let's bring up Rogue Legacy's Kickstarter. Oh, they don't have one. They're putting everything in there. Once again, still the better of the two. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> okay, Eric. Okay, you win. Let's bring up the Kickstarter. Oh, wait, they don't I don't really mean that. Come on, guys. I like them both. They're not. They're they're the same type of game, but they're they're way 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 different from each other. Um, there's one thing I did want to mention about as far as like in, as far as um, indie's concerned. I did want to mention like I'm very curious. Like the Ouya is coming out in just a matter of weeks, coming out at the end of June. I am really interested in what people are gonna do with this. Mm. Console, if you want to call it, I'm very interested in what indie developers are looking, if they are looking at the Ouya, because, I mean, like you know, Sony, Sony's been very upfront about opening their doors to you know, indie developers with the PS4, which we're going to talk about in a few, but I, I'm still interested because the Ouya is essentially your own personal dev kit. That's what they're describing this as. You can modify this console any way you want to and make. Uh, games for this console and distribute at your own pace. I, I'm very interested to see what any developer, whether they're well-established developers or people who have haven't had the technology before, how they do. I, I want to see what they're going to do, with it. and I'm, I'm very curious what their plans are. Yes. Yeah. people complaining that um, the pre-release version is kind of big, so even bigger than some. Uh, Android phones? Yes. Which is kind of bad news. But but that would be another way to sell your game. Would you... <laughs> it, it's one of those things where I, I think all of us are kind of wondering this. This is actually something I wanted to ask both of you guys in your personal interviews, and I completely forgot to ask both of you about it. So, Jovan's the better journalist than me, and he's currently not even working at a place doing it. So, shit. <laughs> But but would you guys be interested in putting your games on those systems? Um, I don't know. Like, I I'm not sure. It it it'd be a lot of work, and I don't think it has it has less buttons, right? It doesn't have a start or a select. Or I, I don't think it has a start select. It just has like a face buttons and like a D pad and an analog stick. I think maybe I'm not. sure. Yeah, I think it does. Well, the big part is that it has a controller, unlike Android tablet. So, um, yeah. And, like, honestly, I'm not too super interested. Just because everything they they said it was going to be uh, didn't actually end up being what it is. 
And and the fact that it has a lag interface, that's probably the biggest turnoff for me. Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> they have the ability to have emulators on there. So it's one of those really cool things where you guys could have your games next to some of the other old school games that may have influenced your guys' games. And also, a lot of people did pre-order them. This is something that you guys could sell your games on one way or the other, but it's also one of those things that you have to weigh out how much money you've already put into development if you want to put even more into something that could potentially be dangerous to your guys' wallets. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just... Oh, I'm sorry. Go Go ahead. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, well, for Joe, um, the main priority is uh, releasing it for PC, Mac, and Linux, and then worry about any consoles, like the PS6, or whatever (laughs) will be out when we finish it. But, yeah. Um, it, it would be interesting to try to port it to OUYA, but I know it's not it's not something we're considering it right now. Mm. Well, the good thing is about um, that you guys' games would get that kind of exposure. Like they like the OUYA is going to be ha- come with on live Twitch TV. Like you, you guys' games, if you so choose to put it on there, it will get necessary exposure because everyone's streaming, everyone's using Twitch. It's it's going to be seen. So yeah. it's it's something to think about, at the very least. Yeah. What about anything? See, that's, that's one of the things that is going to tie into the final subject of the night. Uh, so actually, I'll save the rest of my opinion on that until we hit the final subject. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested in hearing Teddy's take on this also, though. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Once again, I, uh, want, it... I want everybody to know Teddy is actually, at this moment, he is actually working on Rogue Legacy. So this is actually us accidentally taking him away from it, but he was a nice enough guy to give us the time. So uh, sorry. what do you feel about putting your game on the Ouya, even though it could give you that exposure of Twitch TV and all that kind of stuff? Oh, uh, well, just like uh, just like I said, um, we're, we're still working on PC, Mac, and Linux, so we haven't put much, we haven't put appropriate thought into it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, they they did they they actually contacted us and they're like you should you you can download the SDK from from their website and everything, but uh, I we're so. Not behind schedule, but we're totally like swamped right? because we're trying to make this public demo, oh, yeah. and that just puts everything back and, and so forth. We can't really think about anything until the game's done. So. Okay, so uh, that was generic answer. Sorry. No, no, that's actually you and Nick both had great answers for it, and I, I, I really thank you, Jovan, for bringing <laughs> that up because the fact that I completely neglected that question for both of these guys. It really sucks on my part that I forgot to do that, but that's really fucking awesome that you did that. I would more interested. Sorry. No, you're fine. Oh, I'm more interested in the uh, Ocular Rift. Like, yeah, that's exciting. I I'm excited about that too. I I actually want to hear both of your guys' opinions on that because it's it's something that. Games journalists have talked about a lot, but you don't hear too many developers speaking about it yet, or at least speaking openly about what they would do with it. 
Oh, so well, as well. it's weird for indie games as most indie games are to be, so mm. that would be weird for the Oculus Rift. Okay. So I can see that. That he was about to say something and I put him off. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> you go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know, um, I tried Oculus Rift, um, don't plan to develop anything for it anytime soon, but I'd love to have one just to play around with it and play Half-Life 2 and Portal and all that. Fuck yes. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, Teddy, you're the one that seems way interested in this. I, actually, out of all the developers I've talked to, they've all seemed interested, but you seem more optimistic about it. I, I want to uh, know why. Um, I don't know why. Just because uh, it's like, well, okay, so I feel like, and it's just me personally, I'm not talking for my brother or anything, uh, but I feel like the Ocular Rift is going to be like the uh, the Nintendo Wii. And when I say Nintendo Wii, I don't mean it's going to sell like a million copies, mm. but I mean that um, the first, <laughs> like, you know, the first, like, year games that come out for it are all going to suck because nobody's really trying to accommodate for it. And I want to be in on that and try to not suck. Mm. Like, it's just a challenge. So the goal is, you know, if Rogue Legacy does well, we can we can try and make a Oculus Rift game which would be pretty insane since we don't even know 3D. But, you know, just as a challenge. Prepare, like prepare challenge. for I this. <laughs> are you ready for this idea? Yes. No. Yes, you are. You totally are. You ready? Don't shit your pants, too. With the Oculus Rift, you have to make your way to the bathroom. You have to actually pull down your pants and everything, or else you'll shit on the floor. You have to shit in the toilet. Oculus Rift. Oculus Rift. People will shit. Huh? Never mind. I mean, they, they, didn't they have, like, a Doom 3 death kit demo? Something like that for, like, the Kickstarter backers? For the Oculus Rift, I, I did hear John Carmack saying something like that at E3 uh, yes. last year. Yeah, like yeah, they had like the Doom re-release, like with the Oculus Rift and just playing with it. And it looked pretty good. Well, yeah, the problem is actually taking your hands on one mm. because yeah. if you pre-order it, it's like a decade free. Well. The pre with the pre order that is supposedly going to be out like June eighth to everybody. I think that was the date. So that is actually coming to everybody that did pre order it. Supposedly, I don't know. Apparently, they've had to mass produce a lot more than they expected to do. So, I guess that's a really good sign. Let's hope that it's not something like the Wii U where somehow they overproduce and they're sitting in the shelves and you're like, is that a Wii U? And they're like, yes, because that thing sucks. Well, or connect her PS move. Alright, I think we should move on to the next topic once again, because we are a little bit short on time. Um, I want to know how indie games are going to impact the PlayStation 4. And this is mainly because the PlayStation 4 is in some indie developers' hands currently, and they are able to develop it for it because they have reached out to the indies. I want to know how that affects indie developers from your guys' point of view, whether or not you guys actually have them, and if you think that this is going to be a new way to possibly sell your guys' games. 
Um, well, it's hard to say. I think that the uh, the release of the PS4 might be bad for indie development, at least in the very beginning. Especially because uh, Jonathan Blow's game, The Witnesses, is going to be like the mm. the launch title for it. And I don't know what price he's setting it at. I don't know if he released it. But I'm guessing it's going to be like 20 bucks or something, or 25 Yeah, I'm going to guess it's probably going to be about 15 or 20 Yeah, uh, although maybe even more because it'll, it looks like it's competing with some of the bigger games. But everybody's going to want, you know, the better graphic indie games to come out. And uh, the, the 8-bit or whatever, the low graphic games are going to start getting kind of like shot down. So either all the indies are going to have to start selling selling their game at an even lower price, which makes it like even harder for them to get noticed, or you're going to grow this weird uh, new quasi-indies where they're like, oh, we're an indie company, but they're like 30 people plus, right? And every game costs $2 million, and they're charging it at... And the average price is now like $20. Mm-hmm. So that's my fear. But... Uh, I don't know. It depends on how I guess Sony markets it. I don't even know if they'll have that, you know, that that power to override just the, what the public wants. So because Sony, Sony's not really all that great marketing their own games. Yeah. You know <laughs> <what I mean? laughs> it's it's going to be difficult for them to how how they're going to tackle indie games, especially because as popular as they are, still there are many people out there who just don't know about the indie scene. So it's. Yeah, I I think that that's the the interesting thing that's going on with the PlayStation Four though is just the fact that they had Jonathan Blow come out on the stage for their unveiling. It, I think that that is one of the biggest possible things. And on top of that, they are talking about what the gamer wants. And currently, indie games have just exploded. They're everywhere and a lot of the times they're more preferential to a lot of people. Indie games ripped me away from AAA titles because it was actually something different and something back to the style of, hey, here's something completely different that nobody else will do. No company would possibly fund us for doing something like this because they think all we want is military shooters. So I think with the PlayStation 4 reaching out and saying, hey, this is going to be as easy as developing on a PC... And on top of that, they allow you to set your own price to how much you want to sell your game for. I think that's one of the biggest things. And I don't even, I didn't, I think they said they only take like 10% of the money from your sales. Uh-huh. Yep, something like that. And, wow, really? Okay, now I'm more interested. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm more <laughs> interested because uh, apparently Steam takes more than that. So. Yeah. It, it's one of those things that kind of makes me think that this could actually compete with what Steam is doing, but compete with just an actual connected-to-your-TV console only. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, a, it's a whole different marketplace. It's a whole different what people want. But with The Witness coming out at the same time, that's actually another big win for the indie community and I think that that's one of the things that could possibly help the next wave of indie developers out there yeah they don't take 10% oh sorry no 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 you're fine I was just saying maybe I was crazy that's it 
Oh, I was saying, if they if they only take ten percent, I think they're just gonna completely crush Microsoft. Oh, they're they're already going to crush Microsoft. But yeah, they're on a fast they're on a fast track to crushing them. I mean, like people are expecting nothing, nothing less than you know predictability. Microsoft with their big reveal. So I mean, yeah. Sony Sony's really ahead of the game right now. I, I think oh. the most telling thing when it comes to Microsoft and Indies is the fact that. There are multiple occasions where they've either hidden indie titles or they basically told them that they don't care. With Indie Game the Movie, Edmund McMillan talks very openly about the fact that Sony tried to give them one payment of... It beeps out, but you can hear him obviously say $75,000 is what they were going to pay him and everything else would go to them instead of Edmund getting his own money. And he told them, no. That's not going to happen. So, basically, they tried to end up screwing him out of a lot of money, and they're not interested in working with Ed anymore. Uh, with Mark of the Ninja, which is an indie title that was being published by Microsoft, they still hid. They, that game was hidden. You couldn't even find it on the front page at all. You had to search the store. So... <clears throat> It's one of those things that shows their lack of interest in indie games and the way that the gaming market is going right now. So I think that that's one of the scariest things. And on top of that, they push the Pizza Hut app more than they push their own fucking games. I'm sorry, I would much rather see... That Pizza Hut app is the greatest thing on the Xbox 360 dashboard. There's a special place in hell for you. (laughs) God damn it. Well, Trevor likes it too. Hey, hey, that, that Pizza Hut app video I did is our most viewed video on YouTube, so... I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't want to blame Microsoft too much. I mean, they've, they're establishing themselves as this entertainment hub, and that's fine for them. You know, they don't necessarily have to focus on indie games as much as Sony is, or more than Sony. They are an entertainment... They want to have an entertainment console, and that's fine for them. I don't approve of their mistreatment with indie developers, but if they don't really care for that, those games, then that's fine. Yeah, because they're uh, I, yeah. shooting themselves. Yeah. I, I think that that's them carelessly throwing their money into the fire. There's Pretty there's much, a lot yeah. to capitalize on here. I'm sorry, it sounded like Trevor was about to say something. Nah, no, I'm, I'm good. Oh, okay, fine. Fine. And then... Bye. But I, I'm interested. I'm gonna say something. Um, I'm, I'm really interested in seeing what Microsoft has to show, because I am curious as to what what we're gonna see from them. Because they they definitely, after seeing what Sony has shown, they definitely need to blow us out of the water to, yeah, to yeah. any anything out of it. One thing that was interesting, though, was um, like an article I read a couple of weeks ago about the behemoth, you know, Alien Hominid, Castle Crashers, those guys. And um, they actually said, oh, yeah, Microsoft was like nothing but great to us. Like, I don't, when other indie devs say that, you know, Microsoft is treating them badly, we're, we're kind of shocked by it because Microsoft was treating us very well. We would love to develop for their new console, even. So, I mean. Well, the problem uh, with that is that they were the ones who made Castle Crashers, and that was their first. That was Microsoft's first big indie success story. Yeah. Yeah. That's not happening with everybody else. They have a certain soft spot in their heart for them, just like I have a certain soft spot in my heart for Ed's games because they. Ed's games are exactly what I like, and his style is exactly the style that I like. Yeah. 
And that's what Xbox likes about them. They have that soft spot, and they will do whatever they can for them. But yet, the the other developers trying to come up, they're putting a roadblock in front of them. Uh, now that now that Teddy and Nick have heard the game journalism side of it, I want to hear the game developer side. <laughs> and go. <laughs> <laughs> well, about about Microsoft and, uh, indie games or uh, indie games on PS4. Uh, actually, uh, both. If you want to just combine them in the one. Because, well, I think it's great cause, um, because Sony is uh, promoting indie games because mostly exposure is really great to get known. And um, I kind of agree with what uh, Teddy said about uh, the witness, setting the bar and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really don't get it why Microsoft just puts developers, indie developers in such a way and just ignores them and hide the game and all that when they could profit profit uh, out of uh, from that and they could I don't know make things work mm-hmm. you're just screwing everybody yeah. over yeah exactly and uh, isn't there a big reveal in a couple of days or yes when, when yeah, was that next week, Tuesday one week from today yeah. well next week Tuesday ah. so yeah well I'm uh, I'm actually uh, excited to hear what Valve with, will come up with with the Steam box because mm. currently it's that whole fight uh, about uh, who has the living room. So yeah, it's, it's that's really that's a good point. I, I just that's another thing that I've completely forgotten about. Like it doesn't seem to be in everybody's minds anymore that Steam has talked about the Steam box openly now. Yeah, they they haven't announced anything in the past week, so people kind of forget about it. Mm-hmm. But we all know how friendly Valve and Steam is with indie games overall. Yeah. So in terms of supporting the indie scene, I think Steam would win. Yeah. I I agree for the most part, but I think that there's going to be a bigger flood of the indie developers going to the PlayStation 4, uh, more than expected, because of the fact of the ability to actually make you guys more money. And and that's the thing that, from my point of view, from what I care about, I want to see... Not just you guys, but I yeah, I do want to see you guys succeed, but I want to see all these indie developers succeed because this is what's really fueling the difference, the change in the industry right yeah. now. Yeah. And I'm a big game industry nerd. I follow the industry closely. I have for the longest fucking time. And what this industry has needed for the longest time is exactly the kind of stuff that indie developers are offering. I think that the shit that you guys are doing is different than the stuff we were seeing out of indie games last year. And the same thing went for the year before that with those games. So it's one of those things that it's an evolutionary process where you guys are actually changing things up. And I think that that's what PlayStation is all about this time. So I think that them actually possibly being able to give you guys more of your own money back and allowing you guys to set your own price in fact, I think they said that if you guys wanted to charge only a dollar for your game and change it any time you wanted to, you guys could. So it's one of those things where you guys can make your own sales uh, and how much you want to sell on it. So I think that that's one of the coolest things about it. Uh, now that we got Nick's side on it, I want to get Teddy's side. 
On the on the PS4. On the PlayStation 4, the new Xbox, all of that, and how you feel that that's going to uh, help or hurt indie games or even your own game in this process. Oh uh, yeah, so I, I already talked uh, about the PS4 possible. Well, I, I talked about the next generation possibly making it harder for indies, mm-hmm. but after finding out that Sony's giving off that 10% thing. Yeah, are you 100% sure about that? Because that's, that's super awesome. I'm, I'm like, 85% positive about this. Okay. Yeah, I hope Sony contacts us. I actually don't think that they have to contact you. I think it's just, like, an open... I think it's what it supposedly is, is you guys contact Sony, let them know that you're a developer, and then they just, like, open up a certain tool for you guys to use. Just knock oh. on the doors of Kazurai. Yeah, you know, yeah, you just open, not... <laughs> an awkward pause. Yes, he'll just look at you for a second. There is one question. Yeah, there is one question I wanted to ask because of how open Sony's becoming, because of how, 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 like direct they're being to the indie developers. Are you guys like? Does this like stir up any feelings? Like, do you guys maybe have second thoughts about priorities as far as where do you want to take your games next? Do you want to still? Uh, reach out to PC, the PC community and Steam, or is Sony is Sony offering like much more appealing to you? Do you want to go to them first and then take your efforts to PC? Like, does it change like what you might be feeling about that? Well, it's it's all about the fine balance because you don't want to be too open about it because you don't want any indie game on the PlayStation Four. Uh-huh. But yeah. for me, it's always PC on the first place like PC, Mac, and Linux, and then consoles and everything else. That might change in the future. I don't know, but but yeah, I, I don't think they should be too open about it. Yeah, we wouldn't want Surgeon, Surgeon Simulator 2013 on PS4. Uh, <laughs> I would. I'm still upset about that. Yeah, I, I Four. agree. Um, oh, uh, yeah, I... The, Teddy, your take on that on what on Jovan's question? Oh, oh yeah, I, I totally agree with Nick. And like, yes, uh, we always want to make first team first, probably just because we're we're PC fans. Yeah. But um, there the the the, uh, the one thing that is definitely a problem on Steam is the uh, the lack of quality control. Mm. And I don't want to yeah. rag on another indie developer, but I I like uh, when Surgeon Simulator came out, and I'll, I'll like talk with them <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, this game's gonna sell like a million copies, right? Just yeah. because of the hype it's got. But I think it's gonna, it's gonna hurt every other indie developer, right? Because people are gonna put down ten bucks, and you're. And I, I haven't played it, but from what I get, like the game is only like twenty minutes long or something, right? Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah so like. Operation. The the sad yeah, yeah. thing about that game is it's actually a joke, and the fact that that joke made it on the Steam, and the big problem that I have with that is. I don't use the term masterpiece usually, but Knit Underground, I actually, I gave it a perfect score. I've called it a masterpiece. That game's still sitting on green light. Yet Surgeon Simulator goes on green light and instantly makes it onto the store. Yeah, and yeah, I just think you know people are gonna buy that game, and they're gonna go, oh wow, this game is like, yeah. that's I'm not I'm gonna not be so easy with like purchasing other games because now we know that you know you could yeah. you could possibly be shanked and so that made me pretty upset just because i felt like steam was uh steam needs a bit of quality control or, or at least if they 
not as like me being super insane, but like I don't know, ten dollar the thing Steam should have maybe said, Are you guys sure about this? Because it's detrimental, I think, to the whole ecosystem. I'll I'll say exactly what you want to say. Uh, I'll say it for you. The fact that you guys are going to have to claw through green light and these assholes made it all the way through. (laughs) And I don't really mean they're assholes because they're actually really fucking nice and cool people. Uh, the, The problem that I have with it is the fact that they didn't have to scratch and claw through it. And I know that the sad thing is that you guys are going to have to. Yeah, yeah, Crystal Klein. I I don't think it's just that either. I think it's if people buy a game like Surgeon Simulator, see that it's bad, and then they go and see, like for example, Rogue Legacy. Oh, this is a Steam Greenlight game, Mm -hmm. but you know that other Steam Greenlight game I bought, Surgeon Simulator, looked really cool and it was terrible. Yeah. So maybe I should be leery about buying Rogue Legacy. Yeah, yeah. He explained it much better. <laughs> I was going to say, put both what you said and what he said together it makes complete perfect sense to something I didn't think about. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's really weird to me, and I think that I think Concerned Joe is not going to have to fight too hard on Greenlight. I think it's going to make it right through because I've noticed a huge wave of people uh, talking about that also, and I don't think Rogue Legacy is going to have to fight that hard either because. Anytime I watch a Let's Play video on uh, on YouTube, I everybody that's played the press version of Rogue Legacy keeps on talking about it. There was uh, Player Uno, uh, one of my favorite professional wrestlers, has his own channel called Nerd Slam, so you guys should check that out, even though we're not affiliated at all, but it's just awesome. Uh, every video he does, ever since he's played Rogue Legacy and done a video on that, he's talked about Rogue Legacy every single fucking time in every video. Uh, I haven't shut up about Rogue Legacy or Concerned Joe. So these are both games that have stuck on my mind the whole time. And I don't think you guys are going to have to fight as hard as Niflis has with Kinet Underground. And I, I just find it... Maybe his case is just a really fucking strange case, but you guys are going to make it before he does. And that's such a weird fucking thing to me. And it's not because, well, you guys aren't as good. It's because Niflis is somebody that a lot of game creators look up to and model their games after. Fez was modeled after Knit. So it, it's just a really fucking strange thing to me. And then to see Surgeon Simulator not have to do anything and make it, it yeah. it's, it's strange and yeah. it's, it's really detrimental. Um, I guess we're going to move on to our last topic. Speaking of how things are marketed. Uh, It's been a topic that I'm currently about three paragraphs into an article on it. Uh, It's something that Teddy had talked about in his interview recently, where he talked about the fact that he's somewhat worried about the way that his game is getting out there and how it's getting out there and that he was afraid of it not being successful. And... We had done an interview with Megadev earlier, and they said the same thing, and they've got <laughs> Adult Swim games behind them, where they're talking about how they didn't know how to advertise their game either. And I think that one of the things that is really worrisome for indie developers is the lack of money. The lack of funds that indie developers have to go into things can't just always buy a PR person. 
and I, I wanted to know how you guys think that you guys could advertise or what you what you think that you might possibly be doing wrong or doing right because I think that both of you are doing right and sticking in the minds of people that have seen and played your games but I want to know what else you guys would like to do and how you would like to do it We'll start out with Nick. Who goes first? <laughs> um, well, first of all, I don't think it should be easy. No. Because, yeah, because if it's easy, everybody will do it and it's going to just ruin everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, in, uh, in terms of uh, hiring somebody to handle the PR, well, since we're in the, we're wearing many hats mm -hmm. in, for Concern Joe, it's just me and my programmer, Omar. And we juggle between working on the game and talking with people who contact us and posting articles and doing interviews and all that. So it's kind of hard and it takes time away from development, from working on the actual game. Like right now. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, in terms of marketing, it's very, very important to... Um, to send the right message about your game and show people what they want to see. But I don't know, for Concern Joe, we're just going like, well, this is cool, we should post it on YouTube, and we just do that. Mm -hmm. So, and Facebook and Twitter and all that. So, um, it's very important what you show because you shouldn't, you, you shouldn't show too much of your game because you don't want to spoil stuff. Yep. But yeah, it just, Try to build hype and basically um, blackmail your friends to spam the game further. <laughs> and yeah. Now, what Teddy has in his back pocket, luckily, is somebody close to him can actually make trailers for them, which is really fucking cool and something that then he doesn't have to worry about how much time is just going to be taken up or how much money is going to be taken <laughs> up, which is kind of a, a good thing. But at the same time, it's a, it's a scary prospect. And the reason why I wanted to speak about this is because, as I've said, these are two of my most anticipated games this year, which plays into the whole role of what this whole thing's about tonight. With games this amazing, it's one of those things where seeing a developer have to worry about if they're going to make it and what happens if they don't is a weird thing. And then hearing from multiple developers that I've interviewed saying, we wouldn't mind just breaking even. I don't know how to feel about that. And, and I don't know if that's just because I come from a different standpoint and the way that I worry about the industry as it is, because I want to see nothing but success for all of these people with I, I want to know the way that you're currently looking at things, Teddy. Um. Uh. I don't know how to answer this question. Uh. Yeah, I mean, making a advertising games is really hard. Like it's a, it's a lot of work, and uh, I probably spend four hours a day just like responding to emails and things, only because I feel obligated to to manually write every single one to like every single person. That's just stupid, I think. 
You should be but, um, uh, Yeah, well, what I was talking about is... um. Uh, one thing I find weird, just because uh, indies don't have the marketing power, right? Like, mm-hmm. my brother, that special secret connection, uh, makes our trailers for us. Uh, so that, that saves us a lot of time, but I know a lot of other people can't. And it seems odd that every single... Yeah, you know, indie developer or whatever is kind of out on their own fighting to to get marketing. Um, and I wish it was more like the uh, the Flash game community, because I don't I don't think there's much a uh, different. And in the Flash game community, uh, all of the web portals, they all they do is market. Like that's mm-hmm. that's their 100% job. So you you put up a Flash game, and if it's starting to do well, that portal will automatically advertise it so that you get hits and everything because you know the more hits they get the more ad revenue they get so everybody wins but uh on on steam's pretty good but not super good in the sense that you know if a game's climbing up really quickly steam should just go out and you know post about it or stuff or go hey this game's doing really well it will be greenlit tomorrow or anything but they they seem they seem to be want to be entirely hands-off which is just like kind of strange to me. I, I feel like uh, it'd be beneficial for everybody if these platforms understood that their MO is to advertise and they should just be advertising like for everybody free of cost. That's just me being greedy. It's, yeah. it's not just you being greedy. It's the fact that the way you're looking at it is actually the same way that I think all of us look at it as it's everybody wins in the situation and they wouldn't even have to ask you guys for more of your money from your own sales or anything like that. They could just make their money on it and make the money and you guys can make your money on it also. Yeah, exactly. It's common sense. Yeah. And and that's why it's like concern Joe, uh, speaking of the flash games, the flash version of concern Joe was an armor game. It had the armor games logo on it, but I believe in your interview or maybe it was after because for some reason, you and I talked for like two hours after we stopped recording. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I ripped the ass out of my pants because I fell over laughing. Uh, <laughs> nonetheless, you guys had the Armor Games logo on it, but yet the advertising for it wasn't beca- wasn't for you guys made it. Everybody thought that Armor Games made it. Well, yeah, that goes for any Flash game that's uh, sponsored by, well, by any sponsor by any portal because mm-hmm. they just have the big flashy logo and everybody goes hey look a new game by armor games or by Adult swim mm-hmm. so um <laughs> but, but yeah in, um ted is right in terms of marketing in the flash uh, scene it's very easy you just put up put out a game and it just pops up on so many portals and distributes itself really fast now, Jovan, Trevor, you guys don't have to if you don't want to, but do you guys have any input or any thought on this whole thing from the game journalism standpoint? Um, I, I feel as a way to help get your game out, um, and maybe it's it'd be easier more after the game's done, but to, to even try to approach uh, journalists yourselves to try to get it out there. Because if you, if you approach those you know, even bigger journalists than that, um, with hey, I got this game, you know, and, and explain the game, show them what you can. I think that would that would help you get the name out there. Yeah, um, 
I, I kind of like going back with what I said with the Ouya and Twitch TV going being on that at launch. Also, you know, the PS4, I don't know if the PS4, what is it, using Ustream or Twitch? I don't remember. Uh, I think it's actually using uh, Ustream. Okay, well, eh, either one works. And fine. I think Microsoft is going to use Twitch. <laughs> yeah, well, Microsoft, yeah, my, the Twitch app just came out on Xbox this morning mm-hmm. for all of us U.S. people. But, um, yeah, I mean, with, with the PS4, you know, like, the whole recording and streaming of video, that's, I mean, they didn't really go into depth as far as, like, editing is concerned. If you want to record video or stuff like that, they didn't talk about editing, which is kind of ironic, because Sony Vegas is, like, the best editing software. But, like, um, as far as promotion is concerned with audio and video, that would be, like, the better option i would think i don't do much recording or editing myself but as far as promotion is concerned that would be also be very good you know if you if you have a popular a popular network that you like you could pass it on to them if they're very good at promoting stuff i there's there's options out there it's just finding the best option that suits your circumstances in particular is the is the thing that you have to concern yourself with now, as I was saying about the fact that I'm actually writing an article about this currently, it's because I've been learning about these issues that some developers are having currently, and it's something that nobody seems to want to reach out, uh, reach out and help with, or even give some kind of idea. I completely agree with what both Jovan and Trevor said. I, I think that currently it seems like joystick and rock paper shotgun, which. Teddy's the one who's basically told me about Rock Paper Shotgun and got me initiated with that. Uh, with them, if you reach out to them, it seems like they're very interested in showing these really fucking cool indie games lately. That's how I figured out about Jack the Reaper, in fact. Indie Static. <clears throat> yeah, you can go to Indie Static. <laughs> That's IndieStatic.com. Static spelled improperly, but nonetheless, there's a K in it, so that's cool. Uh... <laughs> Radical, huh? <laughs> but, but yeah, about about rock paper shotgun. They just uh, they uh, posted an article about concerned Joe without us reaching out to them. So that was pretty oh, wow. interesting. We weren't we weren't expecting that. Wow. So I, ha- haven't I talked about that? I, I feel like you. I feel like you said something somewhere, but I don't think it. I th- actually I think it was Omar talking to Indie Static about it. Good good job, Omar. Shat on. <laughs> yeah, it, it was really, really, really weird because uh, you know I was I'm live streaming when I work and I have my Twitch TV thing going on and most of the time it's like one or two viewers and I'm one of them um, mm. and they they posted about Concern Joe and they embedded the live stream in the page and I was like playing the hundred or something and the counter went to forty and I was like. Hmm, my my stream is bugged for some reason, and then it jumped to like 110, and I started freaking out. <laughs> so I quickly opened I quickly opened Flash and playing Joe and looked like I was being busy and all that. <laughs> so you actually are doing one of the things that I had started writing about, and I did not mm-hmm. even know you were doing this. You never told me you were doing that. That's really cool for one. Especially with the yep. time difference, my internet gets better later in the night, so I could actually see you developing your game. Uh, oh. I was going to say, stream your game once a week. Just show what you've got going on, what you've changed week by week. 
and yeah. show people what's going on, especially with Twitch TV. They're, they are actually, like Twitch themselves, are very interested in showing what developers are doing. Divekick is currently doing it every week. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, which is great. For, for Joe, we did this on purpose because, uh, if you know, Overgrowth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they had the whole uh, posting videos weekly and all that. And I was really inspired by that. And we have like weekly dev blog posts where we talk about we added to the engine, what's new in Joe and all that nicely structured with pictures and GIFs and all that. So yeah, we, we like to just show everything we work on. I think that that's one of the most brilliant things that any developer could possibly do right now. And I, I, I actually forgot that Overgrowth ever did that because Overgrowth was one of those games that seemed to be in development longer than any fucking game ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, between that and the and the fact of advertising to or not even like advertising but sending your game off to some of these places some of them will pick them up uh, on top of that Patrick Klepek of Giant Bomb has been really into checking out indie games lately and seeing what's going on and what's different and he seems to be enjoying those more than he's enjoying AAA titles anymore so it's been really cool to see something like that with certain journalists and I think that he's one of the people that uh, should be reached out to, especially with how polite he's been with us, even. And, you know, we're something that would be considered competition in all technicality. But he's open to talking to anybody about indie games, even. And I think that's one of the coolest things. And with him doing the interview dump truck with a lot of different indie developers, I, I think that he is the person to reach out to right now. Uh, on top of that... There's just, like, so many different things that could possibly be done. Like, even your own personal articles being sent out to different places. Uh, Gamasutra actually does developer blog-type things, or programmer blogs, even. Uh, Tommy Refinez of Team Meet actually has his own, and he actually teaches people how to code over there. So it, it's one of those really fucking cool things that a lot of people don't think about, including me forgetting about it. Uh also, uh, Teddy is the way that they're going to be selling their game. I, I think is a really fucking cool way. Uh, I don't think that that's something that we anybody wants to talk openly about right now, right? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, good. Yeah, doesn't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about either. So yeah, I mean, there's just these really fucking cool ways, and I think that. These are the, the ways that are really going to help people out, help indie developers especially out. I think that it's a really cool way. It is the absolute way to reach out right now, especially, as I said, with Divekick. Divekick is doing it the best out of anybody, so I would completely recommend you guys go and check that out. They do a, what do they call that every week now? The Divekick dive Esports Hour, I think, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I think that they're just they're just fucking killing it, and they're even building up more hype for one of the most hyped up games right now. So just mm. just seeing on Twitch TV, uh, which I will now be checking out the fact that Concern Joe's on there, and and Nick never even told me, and possibly if you have the capability, Teddy, I, I think that you should definitely do that too because everybody that sees your game, everybody that plays your game, keeps on talking about it and won't shut up. I won't shut up about it. So, 
I think if they saw us working on it, it'd be really super boring. It's super boring to your thought pattern, but there are game industry nerds out there like me that would love to see something like that. <laughs> hey, it's pretty defensive. The whole thing with uh, weekly updates and all this is really great in terms of marketing because it can be considered as marketing on its own and it builds hype. It's really great. And it's both for people out there who are interested in the game and for us. One one of the big reasons uh, why we started the whole dev blog thing, it's so after we finish the game, we can go back and look on what we worked on and just be like, whoa, we were retards back then. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, it's it's really interesting. So that's why we we have the weekly posts, which are basically uh, a recap of what's happening on the live stream. So for those who want even more, they can tune in the live stream and stalk us while we work. What a cheap plug! <laughs> I, I actually have one more recommendation, and this is actually one of the reasons why I wanted to bring up Indie Static once again. Uh, the fact that they had written an article saying that people like us should not write for free, we should be paid, and we shouldn't be writing for free if, if that's what it comes to. So there's plenty of us out there that would probably be really good for PR or community management that would actually either do it for free just because the fact that we could put that on our resumes – or that would be really fucking cheap to hire to do it because they would get to do something that they love and it would be something that would help them out in the process. Uh, I would probably end up doing something like this for really fucking cheap. It's just there's plenty of people out there right now that are looking for a way to build onto their resumes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, also, about that. Uh, for a job. No, 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 no. That's not me asking for a job. That's actually just me saying that even to the people listening right now that are doing what we are doing, where we write for free, those, that's a way for these people like us that we could actually reach out to some of these people and be like, hey, we could do PR for you for free or for really fucking cheap. So actually that had like – it has something to do with Teddy and Nick, but at the same time it has to do with people like us. Mainly for people like us. Maybe it's our job as people that are trying to get somewhere to actually reach out to the developers and say, hey, would you guys like some help with this? I like what you're doing and I would like to help publicize it. It's It's got to be a teamwork type of thing, I feel like, for people that really care about the industry, not just indie games itself. Yeah, well, overall, whatever you're doing, you shouldn't do it for the money. You should do it because you love doing it. You're just trying to get me yeah. for free. <laughs> ah, I haven't figured that. Should he also get you a chicken sandwich with some waffle fries? Oh, fuck yes, please. Oh, I fucking love chicken sandwiches. Those are my jam. Oh, you're making me hungry, shut up. Uh, it's, it's like 6 o'clock in the morning for you. Come on now, you can't be hungry yet. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, I did my go Oh, sorry. What were you saying, Teddy? Oh, I, I did want to say that, uh, like, we did, we spent, like, two whole days writing email to, 
Tiko Taku and everybody. Um, Ket Taku, IGN, and and Polygon and stuff. And the only people that did pick us up was Rock, Paper, Shotgun, and Indie Games. Uh, and the, uh, I think the problem with that is that if you don't know them, or if you don't have like direct contact with them, you're just sending it through their tips. You know, their tips yeah. at yeah. comment. I, I like I'm I'm guessing they probably get like one thousand emails an hour and you oh, know, they just right press select all and delete. So it gets yeah. hard to actually get picked up. Been there done that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I completely agree with that. The fact that I've sent out stuff to Kotaku and never even gotten anything back and it does it tells you that they haven't even opened your email. It just gets kinda discerning. It's it's sad but at the same time, they are very popular and all that kind of stuff. I, as I said, I think it, it's a certain teamwork aspect that has to be done at some point in time. And, and I also yeah. think you can't just send it to like their main tip line or anything like that. You got to actually try to find their individual email addresses. Like even if you try to go for someone like lower on the totem pole to try to you know get it pushed up, that might be a good idea too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it yeah. would help a lot if these guys had their own indie sections too, like their own dedicated group of indie uh, journals. That's critics. me applauding. That is me applauding. <laughs> Hear that, IGN? Eric, stop fapping. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm also <laughs> fapping because Nick turned on his webcam and he and I are naked. <clears throat> so yeah, I, I actually, Jovan hit the nail on the head more than any anything else. A lot of them don't have indie game sections, and that leaves assholes like me out there to do these kinds of things. But at the same time, assholes like me are actually trying to do something important for the business, and it, it's it's something that you start building relationships with these people. And I think that some of the most interesting people I've met are indie developers, and I'm very happy to have met Teddy. I'm very happy to have met Nick. I'm very happy to have met Megadev. You know, all these people are really cool people to me and people that actually inspire me because it's something that I don't have the capability to create a game. I have ideas for them. I have no way of actually creating them. And seeing somebody that has that ability that can do it is really fucking inspiring. I think that's one of the biggest parts of indie games right now. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people are missing out on because they're way too busy pushing out the content on the next Call of Duty game. <laughs> and that's not me trying to shit on Call of Duty. That's just... That's the facts, I guess. I don't yeah. like <gasps> So, nonetheless, I think we're going to end the show... Uh, to let you guys completely get back to work, completely uninterrupted, until I send naked pictures to anybody. Uh, I, I want everybody to be able to plug their things, so uh, since Nick and Teddy are going to take the longest, we're going to let them go last and actually give the best information for last. Uh, Trevor, how can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can tweet me at Trevor Oz, that is Oz with an O-S-Z. Um, and you can just uh, go to spiderduck.net, um, and if you like anything on the site, if you want to say anything to any of us, you can always go at the very top. There's this little thing that looks like an envelope. You can email us, and we will definitely get that, and I will read it personally, and I will respond to every email I get. So, mm, mm, mm. Jovan? 
please follow me on Twitter at 8BitDragon. The 8-Bit Wars are rising. They're, they're rising. The 8-Bit Wars will never stop, so follow me, 8BitDragon. Also, um, find me... God damn it. <laughs> no, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at East Coast Throwdown Five this weekend. It's in Jersey. Find me on various streams, Combat Network, Team Spooky, Deadly Byron, all on Twitch TV. And that's it. Okay. That's okay. it. Uh, you can find me, SpiderDuck.net backslash Indie Luchador, doing some very vulgar interviews and very vulgar podcasts, uh, as well as. Maybe some thought-provoking articles coming up soon, and some reviews of some indie games that have been really fucking cool lately. Uh, so you can find me there. You can follow me on Twitter, at Eric Lee Lewis. Holy fucking shit, what a great name. Uh, you could find me on Facebook, but that's just a bad idea. So That is. Yeah. Uh, Teddy Lee. Oh, uh, so you can... Uh, you can buy our game at www.roguelegacy.com. If you buy it now, you save five bucks, so, you know, for it. And you also get the soundtrack for free. Uh, you can follow us at Salvador Games um, on Twitter, and we're on Facebook at Salvador Games. I don't know what the link is. Right, and uh, net. Yeah, it's a pretty crappy site. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's actually super. I liked it a lot. <laughs> 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 Flower man. I like it. I, well, I like it. It's, it's, it's nice. Um, and uh, uh, please help greenlight our game at Super Hyperlink. Yeah, I was going to say, see the link below this. Yeah, see the link below. And uh, help. please help greenlight our game because uh, we really want to distribute it to Steam. Yeah. Please greenlight their game your because game. it's fucking amazing. I'm going to buy it right after this. Uh, fucking yes. Wow. Yes. Making connections. And ready for it? I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try to say your name. I'm going to fail miserably, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> Instead of just calling you Nick. Nikolai, better be J. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Better be J. Better be J. Okay, so, um, concern-joe.com. Done. Oh, oh. No, or Google Concern Joe, a game that tells you if you stop moving. Yeah. That's pretty much it. It's not out yet. Hopefully, going to be out at the end of this year. Hopefully. So, yeah, concern-joe.com. And if you want to hear, I, I can't believe I'm about to do this, but I feel like it's necessary. If you want to hear his other half of Concern Joe, Omar, speaking about the game and the very interesting way that they finally met each other in person. Uh, you can check that out on IndieStatic.com. That's static with a K. Uh, so that does it for episode number three of the Indie Luchador podcast. Uh, Trevor, Jovan, Nick, Teddy. To you guys, I say, ole. 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 <laughs> Thank you guys. I, I really appreciate it. I, yeah, I know it's fun. I felt like it was necessary to have you guys.